0: At Luckylandslots.com.
1: Available to players in the US, excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group, void where prohibited by law 18 plus turns and condition supply. From the fifth quarter studios in Madison,
0: Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey everybody, welcome to Coach Unplugged. So excited you decided to join us today. Before we jump into the into the podcast, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Divis. The number one shooting machine on the market. Um, you know, their customer service, even before they were sponsors, w- was unbelievable. It's one of the reasons I I reached out to them and said, I want you to sponsor, be one of our sponsors on our podcast because I just believe in their machine so much and it's just helped our team win so many games. So uh mentioned Coach Unplugged, they'll give you $350 off. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. It is the one-stop shop. It is my baby. Um, it's one of the reasons we're able to keep this free. We're not going to be charging for our podcast or our YouTube channel or anything like that. Um, but it's also run by a high school coach for high school coaches or youth coaches or even college coaches. Um it's not run by a, a, a college. It's not Zoom. It's not all these Zoom calls. It's on court. It's demonstrations. It's videos. It's clinics. It's handouts. It's everything you need to become a better basketball coach in a one-stop shop. So if it's not there, I will find it for you. <laughs> all right, let's head off to the podcast. Great, We got a great episode today. Lee Force is a guy I kind of followed on the internet, um, and then I reached out to him. He's got some great books. He's got some great ideas. I know you're going to love today's podcast. Um, I know sometimes people think they're long, but geez, I, 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 can't give, I, I can't stop asking questions. I can't stop delving into all these coaches I'm having on. And that's why these podcasts, some of them are becoming an hour. I'm not going to cut it off. I'm not going to make it 23 minutes because that's what you're supposed to do. I'm going to, you know, we're going to get every question answered. So um, that's why you've got that fast forward button or that rewind button. Um, I just think it's really important. All right. Welcome to Coach Unplugged. Um, geez, I'm just even trying to think. I think we're gonna be in the mid 90s by the time I get yours all queued up. Um, so let's. The way I like doing these is I I like turning it over to you first. I I have everybody send their resumes, and okay. you, yours is cool, quite impressive. I, I mean, I could start. I could. First of all, my wife went to St. Thomas. There's one in Minneapolis too. So there's lots mm-hmm. of St. Thomases. I'm guessing, but. Yeah. I'm going through this and it's like it would literally take me 10 minutes it's a very impressive your basketball journey is i'm going to ask you to to not give me the full version <laughs> right <laughs> to give me no we don't have time I, it's <laughs> a 10-minute version.
1: version um <laughs> you have to learn how to do that when you're uh you know i've been trying to interview for a job or two and that's always what uh the ad always ask you know where to start at so uh I appreciate yep. you having me on here, coach. Oh, this
0: will, this will be fun. I've had – this has been I, – I started this about six months ago. I, I was kind of doing it, and I started about six months ago. It's been so much fun. Um, I have one coming up in two weeks where I did Don Showalter. It's like all these people that I kind of know – I know, but I don't know because they're right. all in the world. Like, I followed your stuff on Twitter and, and seen yeah. for so long that, you know, I figured I'll just reach out to everybody and – Probably about eighty percent of them stick, which is pretty impressive. So well, hey, special. I
1: appreciate it, Don Showalter. A uh, little more impressive than me. I appreciate you having me on here. He's an amazing coach. I've heard him speak at a lot of different clinics. But as for me and my background, I uh, most recently i was at uh, i was at Saint Thomas, as you saw, as a volunteer. This year, I'm going to be at Angelo State uh, Division Two out here in the Lone Star Conference uh, in Saint Angelo, Texas. But coached uh, you know, high school uh, nine years um, and coached AAU basketball. So I really have a heart for uh, coaches that, you know, I just heard you talking about what you need to do with your team over the summer. It's a 24 seven job. And I just, I love talking to coaches. I love talking about, you know, the journey. I mean, most recently, uh, you know, after we won the state title in 2011 um, and I can talk about this with uh, you know, some younger coaches, I, I knew I was a little bit burnt out at that point. Um, I don't know. At one point I thought that that wasn't possible, Uh, you know, that you could never burn out. Like I was like, no, you just, you just have to dedicate, you know? And, uh, but I I knew that's what it was. So I took a step back uh, and I was thinking about trying to get back into college. Uh, But I had a English, uh, English was my major and sort of promised to uh, parts of my family that I would uh, eventually, when I was younger, I wanted to go to law school. And then I decided, Hey, uh, maybe I should, you know, give that a shot. My whole goal was: uh, let me go to law school, make a lot of money, then I'll go and be a basketball coach full time. And i – I love teaching, but you know, um, <laughs> it's, about it's poverty. a volatile job. Why well, teach English? English. Yeah. If you teach English and you're trying to, do, if you really do your job, you're grading, you know, 120 papers a night, and it's it's difficult. So, uh,
0: well, I tell people, know, I, know. I tell people, I've taught I've <laughs> taught for 30 years. I tell people the one reason I will stop teaching teaching it's not the kids kids haven't really changed it's not the parents it's not that it's the grading it's like laundry it never ends it's
1: not just grading anymore it's how did you get that grade, and you need to fix yourself
0: (laughs) yeah it's crazy it's like yeah and I and I'm a math teacher so I have figured out that I've graded like 750,000 different things in the 30 plus years it's great I mean it's the best part about summer I mean it's busy if not busier during the summer with all the basketball and stuff, but I'm not great. It's creating. what you want to do.
1: It's I'm, what you love to do.
0: Yeah. So, I'm not, i not, creating. yeah, I know.
1: I know you've never done this, looked at a practice plan in class or anything like that.
0: No, there's been a few or times.
1: Scouting. Oh, I know. Of course. <laughs> I mean, and so I was like, I'm going to do this full time. So uh, I thought I would step out and I, you know, went and graduated and that was cool. And now I'm getting an opportunity to try to get back in at the college level here um, with uh, a great coaching staff. And they've been really successful and, so i'm just I'm really lucky where I'm at right now that i'm able I'm able to do that, so, so yeah a lot
0: weird journey so so tell me a little bit like you were in the army for a while,
1: yeah, yeah, I was in six years, uh, I was in the reserve while I was coaching, you know okay. might have led part of the burnout. <laughs> yeah. no I was going to you know going to drill on the weekends once a month and in the summers between balancing the uh summer camps and you know you have your own camps at the high school, and then I had to go and do you know service, but I usually did that. Um, you know when we weren't doing team stuff, you know, right out of uh, try to do it early in uh, July and then, uh, that kind yeah, of. I, it's different in Kentucky as far as their dead.
0: And I and I think the key, I think the key to not burning out. This is for the bunch of the young coaches because I've done it for thirty years. I've been a head coach for twenty plus. You got to do something. You got to have something. You got to have more than just basketball as your outlet. You will burn out if it's just basketball. You know, I, I agree. about five, four or five years ago, I started coaching volleyball. And then I, you know, I kind of started my business and it's like, and, and I'm still doing everything else I was doing, you know, and we've been just as successful. I've been blessed, but it, it, it's a distraction like this, like doing this and talking this. I love this. I would do this every night if I could, um, you know, the kids are in bed, whatever, but right. it, it it's a distraction. This isn't work for me. This is a relaxing thing. Cause we're talking hoops. Um, so yeah, that, that's what a bit of advice for all the young coaches listening. It's like, yes, you got to put the time in. You got to put the ninety-hour weeks in. You got to oh, do it yeah. that when you're. But there's a point where if you want to do it for, the, if you're running the marathon, you got to know mile is coming up. <laughs> and if you yeah, do, it, that's. I, I was gonna. I was coaching uh,
1: the AAU teams and coaching all the middle school teams and the and then trying to do the varsity thing too. And I mean, I loved. I love doing it. Um, I. You know, I think if I was in a different position, maybe it, it just in the you have to find the right situation too. Uh, and we don't need to get into.
0: Well, know, I mean, and I'm telling you, that's the key. Like, like I have a the reason we've won is I've had great players, and I've had a great staff, and I've had great administration. My guys are down in so we're we're located for people. Listen, we're located in Madison, Wisconsin, which is the capital of of Wisconsin. It's about three hundred, four hundred thousand people. We go to Milwaukee, which is about a million with a suburban area. So my right. guys go down on Tuesdays and Thursdays and play in Milwaukee. I don't go. I send them with my assistants. I go watch my daughter play, my gym awesome. with my – you know, because I don't need to do that anymore because right. they fire me, I'll go fishing. And you know.
1: Well, and true and, – and at the same time, it's I, I've been around some head coaches with experience like you. I think you want to get away and let them hear another voice for a while too because uh, – not to tune you out. Not well, that's a that- little bit
0: of my secret sauce, too. It's like yeah. this, the summer's me, me bonding with them and kidding with them. And, you know, I went to one game on Saturday. I won't go back. I can't watch it. It's like right. it, it stresses me. It stresses them. They're not being kids. They don't need right. – they, they just got to go play. You know, go yep. play. And we'll work on skill work and do all that kind right. of stuff. It makes um, sense. Yeah. But every But these young guys, again, the ones listening – you don't have to do everything, but you got to find people in that inner circle you trust. Um, yeah, I
1: agree. And that, that's why when you think about it, I know when I was 21, 22, uh, I, I was reading every book I could find. I remember yeah, I read look, all John Wooden's stuff. Look,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: You read everything. And now the one quote I remember at the time that didn't make a lot of sense where he said the most important word in English language is moderation or balance. And you're like, balance? What? You got you know, and you don't really think about it. And I guess in one way, um, you know, he worked himself up from where he started. He he was he lost a lot of games and then was really successful at UCLA. Right. You know, and, I mean, you can look at the history where he started. Because once he got it going, he got it going. But you do have to be, I think, unbalanced for a small amount of time. You do, you and that's what you're your talking
0: for. for. That, that's, yeah. that's the parent in me, too. It's like, I'm going to tell my kids, that go – the 20s, you should figure – I mean, it's part right. of what I didn't do, but I yeah. love basketball so much. I just – everything was basketball in my 20s, yeah. which is fine. It worked out for me. But 20s yep. should be when you go try stuff. Go, I think go, so. go backpack through Europe. Go, <laughs> you know, whatever. I mean, I'm serious. It's, this is more than about basketball. Right. And that you're right. That's a point in your life that if this is really something you want to do, and there's a lot of people listening that want to be college coaches, want to be head high school coaches, you know, want to do something – then then yes your 20s is the time to do it go work every yeah. camp you can work that's yeah. when you
1: make your connections and it's all about your network and that's where you're going to find the job and then you have to take some jobs that maybe you don't want i mean a lot of the jobs are open and it's not because they're good jobs i mean the first job i had uh they wanted one game the year before we won three which you know i look at as a 300 percent improvement right uh you know and you have to do that you know you're 23 23 years old uh you're not going to get the state, you know, you have to prove yourself, and a lot of it is figuring out how to win with less talent, keeping the games competitive, and then you take the next challenge of having right. some more talent. You can't play the same way, you have, you know, because it's boring for those. You know, it, it's all a, it's a. If you look for um, if you're looking for a challenge or problems that change on a day to day basis, I think basketball coaching is great. Right.
0: I mean, when I got my job, I was the only applicant. They had had six winning seasons in 45 years. I mean, now we're probably the winningest, one of the winningest programs in the state of Wisconsin. It didn't have, first of all, I did get an NBA kid to come through. So that helps. Don't get me wrong. Uh, (laughs) But, but it was a slow, it wasn't overnight. It was slow. You know, we wanted to just win games. And then, you know, once, once the train gets out of the station, things can happen.
1: You have Uh, to have an administration that will relax with you. And you have to have good parents along the way and,
0: uh, I mean, things. a lot
1: of that goes with what you've developed. I mean, I know that nothing happens by accident.
0: Right. So, tell me a little bit. Like, I cannot believe all. So, first of all, tell me how you got into the Princeton thing. Sure. I'm a well, I played I'm a Dartmouth grad. So, oh, okay. I'm okay with you talking about Princeton, but <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> well, I didn't go to Princeton, but uh, I played for a coach that. You
1: know how it goes. Um, once you learn a style, they you kind of hand it down, and I yep. played for a coach that did that in college, and. I learned uh, a lot about it, but not necessarily how to coach it, um, you know, because just because, you know, the things you don't really know, the yeah, you
0: know, the thinking behind it when you're a player. And then I got with him. And that's a big thing for the people listening too. being a player. And I was a pretty I was a good player. I played college basketball, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Being a player and being a coach are totally different things. So those of you that are in your 20s and earlys and I was a great player, you were, but but the great players, I never thought when I was playing. I just played. I did what the coach told me. You
1: didn't think what the best shot every time down, what the – your teammates, what position they'll play best in, what plays you can run in certain situations. There's just a whole different – and you don't even want to get into uh, teaching. That's like a whole other, how you teach somebody because knowing what they need to push them to the next level, but not overwhelm them yep. and meeting them where they're at. That's like a, a lifetime skill that some people have. And so, I mean, you just have to keep practicing it. That is such a different thing. Oh, it's
0: mind. crazy. I I'm, I'm, I'm over 50. I've taught for 30 plus, uh, almost 30 years. Hey everybody. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. Um, I'd like to give a big shout out to teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. They, they allow us to keep these podcasts moving and chugging and uh, allow us to pay the bills. Um, so it's one way that you can give back. If you love these podcasts, come over and join for a couple of months. The 14 day free trial, kick the tires around. And we've got lots of great new things going up on a daily basis. We would love if you subscribe and like um, wherever you, you do that, Apple, Spotify, um, and then go over and check out our other two podcasts, uh, High School Hoops and Teacher Sidegate. I think you'll love them. All right, let's head back to the podcast, and I feel like I'm just getting the gist of teaching, like in my classroom. I feel like I'm just turning the corner, like yeah, it's starting to work. You know, <laughs> thirty years, so yeah, yeah, teaching a pivot. Well, we
1: do what we learn, right? You right. learn, you mimic the master. They say, I mean, you whatever they do, you mimic that, way. and then use the same lingo, use the same language. Yeah, um, but the reasoning behind it and why you don't really understand it, you're just doing it because of comfort. Because you know that's what they yelled at you to do, and you're going to yell at them to do it. And it, it's sort of an ego thing. Like, I know I'm right. That's what they told me to do. Right. And once you get, I think, and you talk to young coaches, I think once you get through a point of uh, self confidence where you're like, I'm okay. I can do this job, you really like, start to learn more and be more acceptive of uh, the fact that you don't know anything. I mean, I don't know anything. I've been do- like, you know, we've been right. doing it forever. <laughs> and once you reach that point where you're like, I'm not really sure about everything, and I'm still open to learning. I mean, that's when when you see the greatest coaches in the world show up with, you know, notebooks at clinics to watch high school clinics, and right. um, that's something that you always have to do.
0: Right, and I think it's two things for the people listening. I think you got to feel good in your own skin. Like, I'm okay, you know, and part of that right. is one, of I've done everything I can do, whatever. I feel fine in it. I'm just going to go coach what i got to do. Um, but you have to, you know, things change. I've had teams that have scored 90 points a game. Last year, we averaged like 37. Part yeah. of it is don't do the newest, flashiest thing necessarily. Find no. something that fits you well or fits yeah. your kids well. Yeah. Um,
1: I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think I see this a lot, and you probably do too, and I always try to tell any – I'm not a sage. I'm not you know, handing out advice. But anytime I talk to coaches that are interested in learning, that want to know or email me, I think don't look for the newest thing. Don't look for the, you know, the trendy thing. Look for the right thing. And that is a whole different skill. What's the right thing to do? And you'll, you'll know. And I think it always has to do with the players. Do the right thing with your, that fits your players. You have to adapt. I, I don't agree with coaches that say, hey, just be yourself. And, you know, and right. I mean, at some point, yes, but you still need to stretch a little. Like right. if, you're not, if you're not vocal and you're not a good leader and you don't like the work, I, You've got to change if you want to stay in this business. You have to be able to talk to kids. You have to be able to teach.
0: You and, have to talk to them differently than you did 30 yeah. years ago, too. Just, or, you're changing all the time, right? Oh, the things I, mean, I did 30 years ago, I would be like, I'd be fishing if I did them yeah, right now. Great. I mean, the things have it's just always, yeah. It's 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 averaging. Exactly. Let's get back to the Princeton things. Sure. So. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah I played that. in it. I love
1: uh the I love the style of the system. Um, I probably wouldn't do it. A hunt like. I put the whole system in. I put the matchup zone. We ran every underneath, every side, every single element that they ran into it. We did the philosophy. This was before they, the dribble drive got really, uh, you know, three. We want a three point shot or we want a drive, you know. And that's sort of what Kareem did before the three point line. He right. was taking your post out and shooting the an outside shot, or he was back door cut in posting up. And I love that style. I think it's really flexible. I think if you watch the NBA, all the, uh, if you watch the horn sets, uh, if you watch some of the corner offense that Adelman ran when he was at Minnesota, yep. there's a lot of variations. The Kings used to run it with Weber and DeVock. So it's been around for a and, long and, time. And,
0: and, and, you know, Bull Ryan's a big swing guy, but a lot yep. of his stuff is the guys are outside. There's a lot, I mean, he got out of that swing. I used to run yeah. flex swing, but then, you know, he's gotten out of that. He got out of that before he, he retired that, you know, that, those big guys being able to step out, being able to cut to the basket.
1: Yeah, that was his famous that uh, swing offense with the UCLA cut and yeah. then the full cut play. That was cool. I I love that. I, we ran that at one of the colleges I was at as a sort of a secondary top. It's a good continuity. I think in today's game, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to run things like flex, things like uh, just constant continuities, just the way that the kids want to play. Everybody, there's such a premium on dribbling now in I have the time when they set a good, what used to be a good screen, it's illegal now. Right. So
0: you know, so, so you so really give, have give the see. coaches that are listening kind of the tell them because there's there's people listening to this that won't even have know no what the idea Princeton offense is. No oh, idea. Okay. Well, to start with,
1: the way that you run the Princeton, it's based off emotion. Of motion. It's based on a read and react type of system. What happens is wherever the ball is located, kind of is a tr- serves as a trigger to tell you what action to run. So in a way it's like six different interchangeable sets. They flow into one another and back. So you can go from chin into five out back into chin, for example. Uh, If you don't know what that is, you can email me and I'll, I'll shoot it to you. Uh, but, um, that you can run these different sets and they flow into one another. And what it focuses on is big time spacing. A lot of it is four out. You, um, but you have to have a center that has some skills. Uh, there's different adjustments you can make if you don't want your center handling So
0: how it. is this different than read and react? Read and react can sure. read and react. Well, read and react,
1: a... I, I, I like the read and react, but the problem is you wait, the defense sort of dictates what you can do. Like right. if, if they play here, you do this, is the read. Here, I can, tell, I can dictate, for example, we can, run a, we can run a set and I can dictate who I want to catch the ball where and isolate. So if you're switching, I can do something. If you have a – if you try to do – no matter what you try to do, even if I have a great player, I can isolate, I can post you up, I can get threes, I can run sets. If you sag, here's the general philosophy is if you sag, we screen. If you pressure, we back cut. Right. And so you mix in back cuts, you mix in screens. It just really keeps the defense basically chasing you. And once you get the defense on the run, you want to keep them on the run. That's the right. – that's. Philosophy.
0: Yeah. And that's, and that, and Read and React does that a little bit in the sense that mm-hmm. it's, it's it, you know, there's so many layers of the Read and React. It's just, yeah. Know.
1: Yeah. It's, I love the high post. Listen, I don't care what level I was coaching. I would, I mean, I saw the Cavs do it last year, score four straight times. It's like a, it's a high post rub. It's you hit the, you hit the big at the elbow. You go act like you're screening hard for the next man away from you. And they, and then they back door cut. And the guy that set the screen pops out. And it's basically an isolation. There's a lot of different things you can do that people think – I think people think the Princeton is a slowdown game, but they ran it in the NBA. Right, it's not. you pick out – once you know the whole system, it's like anything. Once you have the encyclopedia, you look at your players, you look at their strengths, and you say, okay, we're going to run this set, this set, and this set, because it takes advantage. Maybe you have a guard that can post. You can run it. Maybe you have a wing that's not a great shooter. You put him as a screener. You know, there's a lot of different things – Or you have a great shooter and use them as a screener. It just depends on what you want to do philosophy-wise. But you're able to – the reason I like it different than the read and react is because I can adapt it, I feel like, much more to my personnel. And I never have to do anything different. If you press me, if you play play zone, if you do – all the principles are still effective, in other words. We're always trying to get threes first. We always try to get drives. We always try to post. And that's sort of the way you play and um that's you know, this game
0: I, I, the game's pretty simple that's why. yeah it, it is it, you know <laughs> it
1: really is i mean the actions the weak side uh, like the weak side ucla screen off the ball reversal is unique to the princeton it's that chin cut yep um it, it's it's unique the really the princeton's the only one that, that does that and there's a lot of ball screen actions you can run out of it i mean we had quick one quick two i mean we did a lot of different things because we wanted to keep the defense you know off balance it's not It doesn't have to be a set offense. Like, you know, like a lot of teams come down and you call a set, then you execute. And if the other coach is any good, he's scouted you. And he's like, hey, they're doing. But this offense, what I liked about it is I could say, I could come down and yell out whatever, chin, get in chin. And we'd be in it. I'd watch what the defense is doing. And then I could yell out to our guys, hey, ice Justin. And so boom, boom, boom. And we would get something off. You know, I like that ability to be, have a set, but adaptable within a possession. Instead right. of calling time out and saying, hey, we need to do this, and then the other coach goes zone, and you're like, okay, you know, you know right. you're able to – you know, it's whoever gets to go last, you know. Right.
0: It's, it's 18 yeah. different – yeah.
1: Yeah. But that's the thing that I like about the Princeton, the way that I taught it and the way that our players were able to execute it. And it's been really special for me when I hear from coaches that have said they tried it the way we – you know, there's a lot of ways to do it but we did it where all the perimeters are interchangeable and the posts have a role so it's basically learn only two positions right and, and it makes it easier i think
0: and ball screens have become such a big part i mean at least they haven't around our area ball screens For sure. are huge and you know, everything yeah They're i'm not sure kids kind
1: can create. and and there's plenty of like like this offense i mean there's all there's there's more ball screens set in the middle of the floor there's not there's side pick and roll action off of uh, cuts, there's not a lot of uh, slot screens or things like that that the NBA, you know, that players like to do there. But, um, yeah, I, lo- I the ball screen stuff is good. I don't know what you call the action with the side pick and roll where the guy feels behind where you're right. driving it middle. They call that shake. Yeah. I don't know what you call that. Uh, that's against manners. And we don't
0: – set. I mean, the, the, to be honest, we don't set a lot of ball screens because, yeah. you know um, – a lot of athletic kids, they jump it really hard, and kids can't pass. I mean, I'm old. I sound no. old. <laughs> the no. slip in the pass is not there like it used to be. Um, it's not. No, I agree with you. you can't and see. what do you
1: do? I, players like the ball screen. That's why I was just talking about it. I think we watch the NBA and the effectiveness of that, but then we think that that'll trickle down. And in high school, it's to me, it's way too easy just to switch and be. The- Switch or jump it. it. If you jump yeah, it there's, right. there's, there's three one. guards
0: in the state of Wisconsin, if I jump it hard, they're gonna be able to get out of it or make a pass. Rest <laughs> right. gonna, rest so, they, so you
1: spend all your time working on breakdown drills for the side pick and roll, hit the roll right. guy, rescreen, but and you get jumped, you can it's hard to simulate that. And and right. the coach I know a lot of coaches that once you jump it two or three times, they don't want to do it.
0: Right. You know? And the pro- and, and the issue is too, is like you're, we're dealing with high school kids the kid might be yeah. five nine right. <laughs> he's getting you jumped can go
1: under everything almost right. anyway not a lot of kids shooting off the dribble for three no. i mean i like the idea i mean but i don't think it's as effective because of the skill level I right mean, I, and I
0: think the higher up the more it is so so you've done a couple of videos you got you got a new book coming out what's the book yeah to talk about the book well a bit. you
1: know it's funny i wrote yeah the books um i wrote one it's called youth basketball uh the Drills for ball toughness. I wrote a book. Uh, basically, we were talking about passing. I think it's the most underdeveloped uh, fundamental. I know everybody has a cone and a basketball, and they do all these great dribbling basketball, so and they do all these great dribbling drills. Um,
0: like, <laughs> <but laughs> you know, that's a whole it's, different it's, podcast. Trust me, dribbling. <laughs> it's like I, if you, let's let's do our seventeen and one moves. And you know how many times you're going to do them in a game? None. You're no.
1: going to travel once or if, if you or have a cone yeah. guarding you, then you're going to be a really good player yes but yeah I, like i said I, I remember i watched rex walters you probably don't know who that is you, i mean not you i mean some of the listeners may not know he was a, he played at kansas uh half a year in the nba great two-ball dribble guy did everything with the two-ball dribbles tim hardaway couldn't do a two-ball dribble drill right. and I think we know who he'd rather have playing point for us it has to do more with contact i think hey
0: everybody i hope you're enjoying the podcast make sure you subscribe like um we love those. Um, and send me an email, Steve at steve.teachhoops.com. Tell me what you want to hear in the future. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family